something new on the boat show and we talked about it in my preview as you're going to see on social media but uh, this is a new segment that we are calling the speedboat this is the boat show we've confused a lot of people with the boat references because i see when you kind of check us out we're like there's there's boating and then there's us yeah. but i like it i like it for the podcast segment. <laughs> we, once we grow it's going to really make sense to a lot of people but we, boys we are we're analyzing things. <laughs> it really is know, funny, right? man. Like you see, like all these yachts yeah. show up, and then there's that says podcasts. And we got a rock board. We don't have culture birds on right now to give our, <laughs> you know our, our boating shoes. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a text from like my aunt saying, "What is boat show?" <laughs> Are you guys sailors? <laughs> she has to look at B, the jig period, room, or o something period, like that. A period, T period. It's all good. Uh, but th- we're going to call this speedboat, and this is where we touch on several topics within one segment, and we're just going to get some quick hitter kind of points from all the boys here uh, on said topic. So we got three in the speedboat, and we're going to just see how we can whip around and get this done in speedboat. So three topics coming at you guys. Are you ready for the speedboat? Let's do it. Ready, yeah, ready. Yeah. First thing we're going to touch on, Oscar De La Hoya, 47 years old. He's making a comeback. Mike Tyson. De La Hoya says, hold my beer. I'm making a comeback, too. There's some points that I'll make on this, but I want to go to you guys first, and then I'll kind of come in with just a final question to you guys. But De La Hoya's comeback, will it work? The golden boy, here he comes, 47 years old. He says he wants to fight at 154, possibly between 154 and 160. <laughs> what say you on the golden boy? He's back. Uh, two things. Number one, never was Oscar De La Hoya fan. I could absolutely care less if he comes back or not. I think it's interesting that he kind of took a shot at Mike Tyson saying that this will, this won't be an exhibition. This will be a real fight. Cause he's a real boxer. And the best part about this whole thing is last night, Dana White was asked the, the, the president or whatever he is of uh, MMA was asked, what do you think about De La Hoya coming back? And his response was cocaine is really expensive. You got to make money. And that was thought that was the dirtiest, <laughs> most amazing response I've ever heard. Joe, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> dude, he's, he's, he can't, this is, I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to take the, the spotlight basically coming out of the shadow of Tyson because he's seen the amount of response Tyson has garnered from, you know, announcing this exhibition fight and he's on shark week and he's on every commercial on TV now. And every day I feel like there's a new training seven second clip of his poor trainer getting gut checked by Tyson. Uh, and the only clip I've seen of De La Hoya is him jumping rope for 12 seconds. So, um, Dude, and again, that's fine. You want to come back. He'll get paid because of his name and what he's done. But you can't start calling out any top fighter, any this, all this stuff. I get it. He's taking a school of thought from from pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. Uh, the more you run your mouth, the more you get attention. Uh, I just hope the guy doesn't get embarrassed. Um, I know Amir Khan came out and basically said, let's do it. Uh, but again, Amir Khan hasn't been good in 14 years. And so it's just going to be the same type of event. If they fight two guys that are way past their prime, trying to take the limelight away from up and coming boxing fans and boxers, which again, boxing struggling, uh, the whole, you know, them versus MMA is, is up. And, and I didn't care for how Oscar said all the new guys only care about the money and getting paid. He does it for the glory, uh, apparently, but 
we'll see. I uh, more power to him if he's able to come back. Uh, I don't know how he's going to be able to train at 47 years old without injury. He was injury prone when he was boxing late in his career, and to get down to 154. Uh, good luck. I, I I would say he could fight more close to 170, but we'll see. JD. Well, talkers know how to talk, right? They just keep on running their mouths. That so that still works, and I guess that's what you got to do when you're when you're trying to be a boxer. But and the other thing is like you know it's easy to throw up like a six second clip to try to look amazing. I want to see what they look like when they're actually fighting again. I'm like imagining like this thing where it's all built up and you got like these forty plus fifty plus year olds and they're just going to be slap boxing in the ring because they're just exhausted from the actual work of actually trying to do some rounds. So I can't imagine. Well, product's going to be as good as the uh, as the and all the talking that we're seeing, and then and then now I also thinking about the uh, that that scene in Coming to America when you had the mighty sharp where all the dudes were talking about Joe Lewis getting his ass whipped when he was 137 <laughs> years old. So I feel like that's this is like real life right now. We're going to be talking about in yeah. some years, freaking Mike Tyson or De La Hoya or whoever else decides to come back. How are we going to talk about how they got their ass whipped because they were 65 trying to get that cocaine money? So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it looks. But- the one thing that I drew interest on on this topic is that Golden Boy promotion is what this is really boiling down to, I think, is that, you know, we, we don't have any big fights right now. A lot of people are losing money just because of the pandemic and everything else that's going on as far as having some sort of on-site live entertainment event. De La Hoya is still a name, whether you want to believe that or not. Everybody knows who Oscar De La Hoya is. He's going to run the promotion himself. And then he can possibly put a Golden Boy fighter in the fight with him, uh, you know, because they're talking Canelo Alvarez could be a possibility or a, a few other fighters within his, kind of under the umbrella. If he goes and does that, <laughs> I mean, it's going to it's going to Canelo I'm will just, put him to sleep. I'm just telling two you two rounds. I'm just telling you that. Bro, how far back? Are, how far back are we going to go with these old timers? <laughs> like, hey, like I'm seeing, I, I'm like seeing dudes looking like the Fighting Irish logo, just like put up not, your duke, sir. <laughs> but if you're the old I want no smoke from Canelo. <laughs> if you're the no. fighter, if you're the fighter, you're the promoter. You're you're basically making sure that you you double down on everything yeah, to make sure the, that you all get the all the revenue, and, yeah. and that's and that's what it's going to come down to. Conor McGregor is another name that you throw out there that he probably could end up fighting and will draw. Yeah, it will draw. Oh yeah, just, that, that will be. Will. That's probably the best option for him, just because Connor's less experience in a boxing ring. So that may give Oscar a little bit of advantage because, yeah, um, you know, we we saw what happened when he fought Floyd. It didn't look good. Um, so he may that may be a possibility. And Connor's a big draw. Obviously, Oscar's still a draw. Uh, I again, that's not for someone who says he wants to come out and fight a real fighter and a top contender. I just don't see him getting that fight. Uh, Canelo would be smart to take it, and it's going to look like uh, didn't uh, Oscar just destroy uh, Chavez when he was like 56 years old fighting in his 190th fight. So it's going to look like more the same if Canelo takes him. And Hey, kudos to Oscar if he wants to take that chance, but uh, he, you know, I would want to be Yeah, He's like those headliners. They're they're thinking more entertainment more than sport. I mean, that's just kind of where the box is going. Because no one watches it anymore, so they have to look for entertainment. Free Joe Kelly. Free Joe Kelly. That's the next thing we're going to talk about, the cleats. Trevor Bauer, who's he's going to waltz into a broadcast booth, by the way. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer has marketed himself from a social media standpoint. And performance on the field, To I mean, he's he's where's he at pitching-wise? Huh. He, he he's he's a bit of an underachiever for what his expectations were. But he's actually pitching pretty well right now for the Reds. 
Dude's a stud. I'll be on. I'm, I'll throw. I'll go. Hit. The guy has electric stuff. Uh, he's a he's the new age pitcher that is all about the analytics. The dude does his own analytics. He breaks down his own pitching videos. Uh, he is marketing himself to be. He wants to be. I think he said a one year contract pitcher for the rest of his life uh, because he feels like he can garner the most money. Uh, but. That's to be said about his baseball thing, but we can get back to the cleats. Yeah, so he wanted to wear these cleats. He wrote "Free Joe Kelly" on the tweets and not, or, "Free Joe Kelly" on the cleats, and he tweeted it out. He's put it on social media. Everybody saw it, and he showed everyone before the game because he, he should have just warned him. If he just yeah. if he just warned him, yeah. he said then, he actually said that afterwards. He's like, I should have right. just warned him. If he would have just warned him, they would have probably eventually told him to take him off, but they probably wouldn't have noticed it for a while. I, I yeah. think when he showed what he wanted to wear, then I think that it caught some some steam and then they went ahead and canceled. But uh, <laughs> this is probably this is a very Dodger heavy uh, room that we are yeah, in right now. That's right. But <laughs> but but Joe, I'll go to you first here on the cleats free Joe Kelly uh, and your quick thoughts on uh, everything that's involved, because I think uh, you might have a few opinions. Well, dude, Trevor Bauer is the man because this dude has no filter, cares 0% about what baseball uh, commissioners think, what any top-level executives think. He's going to speak his mind. He's been speaking his mind for probably the last three years. Uh, obviously, he made his name for himself in Cleveland and then you know, got traded. Now he's in Cincinnati, and the dude just goes ham all over social media. He had a feud with the Astro players – uh, him and Bregman went back and forth for almost an entire year. And it was almost like uh, a schoolyard, you know, crap talk fest at, in, in the lunchroom. Uh, and then he goes and shows these cleats and one cleat has Joe Kelly's face on it. And the other one says free Joe Kelly in large writing. And the fact that this dude had that made uh, is first of all, classic that this dude's not even on his team, not a teammate of his, uh, you know, I don't even know if they're friends. I think he just realized what an injustice it was that a guy like Joe Kelly for not even hitting somebody gets an eight game suspension in a shortened season uh, when the entire Astros team gets zero uh, suspensions and, you know, calling them snitches and talking about immunities. And then you had Lance McCullers replying to that. And then you had the other Astros players. And then the best part about it to me is that in his tweets, I think, he actually offered to send the cleats to Carlos Correa. Classic. JD. I love the guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking more of like the Joe Kelly aspect of it. We're talking about from being a Dodgers fan. Like the moment he did that and did the pouty face, I just was like, okay, you're the man. Thank you for your services. Godspeed. Whenever you decide to hang up the Dodger cleats, then you're my guy forever. Uh, and then to, to just like a shout out to the cleat, whoever put those cleats together for Trevor Bauer, a uh, shout out to that guy. But like, why can't athletes just do this more often? I feel like, dude, like the sports leagues are just so restrictive on the way that you can express yourself, particularly OBL. Like, this is a way to get messages out. It brings attention to baseball. I feel like baseball is having some issues getting people to actually pay attention to the sport, especially the casual fans. So why not like just allow for the expression that the players want to express, like the, the things that people want to express, the players want to express, let them do that. And You'll get more attention to the sport. But like Joe Kelly's the dude. He's the man. Thanks to Joe Kelly for doing that. I'm a massive Dodgers fan. That's my number one team here in L.A. So love him for it. Hub. Yeah, what a difference uh, some time off from a postseason appearance makes, huh? Because 
what was it six months ago? Everyone wanted Joe Kelly's head on a on a stick for for his performance in in the late innings against the Nationals, and uh, and all it takes is it just goes to show that the passion of people is it. Joe Kelly showed his love for the Dodger baseball and the and the love for baseball in general by taking this stance and pow- giving the most epic pouty face that maybe has ever been given and sit and saying to Carlos Correa nice swing bitch and it's resulted in those cleats that Trevor Bauer wore I- at least in his warmups uh I think it's I think James JD you hit this on the head uh, a-, a million percent uh Baseball had, does not do a great job of marketing their athletes, especially when it comes to reaching younger players and getting athletes to play baseball. And, and these cleats, situations like this brings awareness to baseball and, and an interesting factor to baseball in an otherwise kind of boring medium, uh, when, in terms of when it's not playoffs. And, and I just think, um, it's so awesome that somebody that's not a Dodger or affiliated with the Dodgers has the same ex- exact amount of passion and anger and issue with the Astros and the ruling on Joe Kelly's eight games as as Dodgers and Dodgers fans alike would have. I think it's badass. The dude is great for baseball. And whenever he joins the media afterwards, I will be the biggest fan. Some of our listeners are going to think uh, they know exactly what time of day we were recording this show by the teams that we're watching right now in the NBA playoffs. But we're not going to reveal which teams are playing because we want to keep it a mystery for those folks. But the NBA playoffs are happening right now as we speak. Uh, It's, again, very Lakers heavy in this this room that we're in right now. Uh, But the playoffs are going on. A lot of good basketball. Some not so great basketball. But, you know, they've been in the bubble. We talked about game one. JD kind of we went back and forth a little bit and talking about how rusty some of these teams were because they were sitting out a lot. And a team like the Blazers, they just kept playing night after night after night after night. And they were just ready uh, in a game one type situation. But, uh, Hub, I'll go right back to you. Quick thoughts on the NBA playoffs and what's happening here as we go through. Who looks good? Who doesn't look good? uh, Who's a bit concerned and so on? I th- I think the most interesting thing to me of all this is the no fans thing. I I think I wasn't prepared to grasp how big of a deal it is to not have big fans and that means for a team like let's say Portland or a team like um Orlando the you know there when you're not playing on the other team's home court with all the fans and all the noise and all that stuff it it's easier to tune out the moment you can you can treat it as just another basketball game and you watched that happen in game 1 with the Lakers in Portland you watched that in game 1 with Orlando and Bucks now since then some things have happened and and some adjustments have been made because the reality is the Lakers are a better team than Portland and the Bucks are a better team than Orlando but i i, I was i was surprised i didn't i wasn't prepared for having no fans be having this much of an impact on on the teams it's kind of my thing there's no momentum. It's hard to build momentum yeah, with no exactly. crowd because you're, you're just high-fiving each other and, yeah, you get excited. But, yeah, I totally see that point. J.D., what do you say? Uh, NBA playoffs, your thoughts? Yeah, Hub, Hub's right. And I think what that's going to do is it's – well, at least you'd like to think, especially in a sport like the NBA or basketball, the better team is going to win. So, you know, it's like a neutral site. So there's no, quote-unquote, home court advantage. So if you have the better squad who's playing the best basketball, then – Technically speaking, you should win, right? You should win the most out of a seven-game series. So I think the, the whoever wins this is definitely just 
should be they are legitimately the, the people that deserve the team that deserves to win um considering all the things they have to go through with the bubble and everything else and the other thing from the fan side watching the games is pretty good uh compared to some of the other sports that are active right now like being able to sit and watch a basketball game I still get that vibe of a full game. Like, you know, in normal circumstances, you're not really focused on the crowd anyway. So just seeing the court, I think that's an advantage for the NBA where like the actual view of the game hasn't really mm-hmm. changed much. And in some ways, it's kind of cool to see like the, the digital fans and it's kind of goofball-y and all that kind of stuff. The um, the awesome sports like that seems to to be okay. So I think the NBA, I mean, it's not like some crazy thing I'm about to say. I mean, they've won in so many ways in the way that they're broadcasting the sport, the way things have gone off thus far, and the way that they've been able to monitor and manage the, the you know, the the bubble, I think is pretty cool. So props to the NBA. Really great point. Really great point on technology because this has been like uh, multiple practice sessions for them. They've been able to try all kinds of new things that they've probably been sitting on for a while, like the digital logos on the court and the sponsorships and the whole thing. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing it well. They're getting it done. Everyone's staying COVID free. Uh, Joe, where do you sit on the NBA playoffs? I see you uh, ready to fire away here. What do, what do you what do you like? What do you like? What do you not like? Awful. Sucks. Shitty. <laughs> uh, not good. Here we go. uh, not good, here Jim. We go. Uh, here we go. Exactly. Because you know why? Here's the thing. The basketball teams are constructed in specific ways for specific times of the year. Teams are built for the playoffs. Some teams are built for the regular season. Ask Mike D'Antoni. These guys are not the role players that really win titles because let's be honest, every team has their one or two or three guys that are always going to play well, no matter where they are playing and and, and what the situation is. But it's the role players that are going to bring you the championships. It's the role players that win you big games. They feed off the energy of the crowd. They feed off the energy of the moment. There is no energy of the moment. The only energy of the moment is freaking Mickey Mouse walking around or whatever because they're riding on the damn Matterhorn after the game's over. Joe, so you're Mm -hmm. making all these points, but who do you think wins? Bottom line, who's going to end up winning the – who's going to hoist the trophy? Who's going to win? Miami Heat. Miami Heat. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be a stupid team. I just fucking told you. Nobody's listening. It's going to be a team that's not supposed to win is going to win. So you asked me to pick a team. I picked the Miami Heat. Next question. Hub, who do you got? Who's going to hoist the trophy? Who's going to win it all? Uh, the Lakers. Going out on a limb, I see. JD, who do you think is yeah. going to win the entire thing? Who's going to who's gonna hoist the trophy? Hey, if, if Dallas can figure out how to beat the Clippers, I'm going with Dallas. I don't know. <laughs> nice. I love the Dallas pick, James. I love it a lot. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. Hold on. Hey, Luke, Hold Luka, on. Let's do this. Luka, yeah. Luca's a bad man, dude. Luca yeah. is no joke. And Boban. Love Boban. Mm-hmm. Hope you listeners out there enjoyed the speedboat. Speedboat right here on the boat show. Hub, give them that social media one time. They can give us some uh, suggestions. They can give us some comments and give us some suggestions yeah. for Speedboat. Yeah. At Boat Show Team, Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, and uh, anytime. Give us some suggestions for topics, comments, likes, shares, do all that good stuff. We always appreciate the the, uh, support. Thank you very much.